is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I'm hoping to have the same stamina for the show that Mark Zuckerberg would have. I am one of your <laughs> hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And I don't have an additional battery pack in my chair, so I do not have that energy. <laughs> from Hood River, Oregon, where rain keeps canceling t-ball practice, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Ah, that's the worst. T-ball cannot be played in the rain, my friend. Yeah. Daughter's got her first T-ball practice that Thursday will be the the third attempt at it. So. Wow. Wow. So, Andrew, I tried something new last week, buddy. What after, was that? After the show was over, I barely edited it, and I just put okay. it out that night. So it was like, boom, almost live to tape, done, put it out, call it good. Just truncated some silences here and there. I think you sounded smarter than ever because I couldn't make you sound worse. But <laughs> uh, you know, just just tried to edit some some no, uh, background noise out and threw it out. So I did want to ask anybody uh, who might want to uh, give me some feedback on that. I would love to hear from you. And just hear how it sounded overall. And if there was no big difference, then Andrew, I could save myself a ton of time, and we can keep doing the show for a long time because it's uh, the hours after that I always uh, cut in mm-hmm. to my time. It's not necessarily the the fun part, which is talking to you, that that bothers me. It's the it's the it's the post. So yeah, give me your give me your feedback on that. Let me see uh, how it sounded, what your thoughts are on it, and uh, I guess we should get right to the news of the day since we both were alluded to it. I guess you were forced to allude to it, but. To check out check out the old Zuck in front of the Senate today. Uh, very little of it. I mean, I I checked out some articles about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I did not watch. So, I, a substantial amount of it. I watched a substantial amount of it. I would say it was on in my office, and I didn't have a lot of customers, and I was doing a couple of different things throughout the the time that it was on, so I didn't catch it all. But I it was on at least in the background for majority of it um so was it was every cable news channel carrying it wall to wall uh i don't know because i did i don't have a tv in my office i just have a computer uh so mm. I, so I there was a stream though from abc and i did get up a couple times and i think cnn had it on but they had commentators so well i i know even um when i came home for lunch uh Fox had it on, Fox Business had it on, and I just assumed MSNBC would have it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure MSNBC, CNN, so yeah, probably wall-to-wall. Was, yeah, wall-to-wall coverage. Or at, le- at least a, sub- a substantial chunk of it. And I'm going to say I tuned in because I thought it would be a disaster to let him talk in front of the shareholders, but or to let this for the shareholders to let him speak to the Senate. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in a way, I think that he kind of dug himself into a bit of a hole, but he, the, the first hour and 45 minutes, I mean, he was just nonstop 
just answering their questions. And he looked horrible, like on the way in. He's not a very personable person, right? So he, he walks no. in and he's just, he looks scared and horrible. Uh, it's hard for me to say that he looked horrible as a fellow redhead with green eyes. <laughs> but <laughs> there was a lot of comments that way that I didn't enjoy, but on the on the streams. But anyway, uh, yeah, he looked like the cat that ate the canary on his way in. But then he started answering the questions for the first hour and 45 minutes. And then somebody, like literally an hour and 45 in, says, hey, you know, you've been, it's been an hour and 45 minutes. You know, we'll start wrapping it up soon. And that way you can get out of here. And he says, no, 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 we have time for more. And they said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, let's, let's do another 15 minutes. Four hours, man. I mean, he was on there talking for four hours. He wore them out. Senators got tired of asking questions and sitting there. They just left. Yeah. <laughs> He's a freaking robot, man. He was just sitting there just nonstop asking questions. There was a few times where he's like he's let's say I'll, let's just put it this way. He's Bill Gates like. And then mm-hmm. a couple times you can see in his facial expressions and the noises that he makes and everything that he, you know, he's I think the people who are, you know, very gifted have to deal, you know, with this anyway. Uh and he certainly is that a highly intelligent person, but uh, just kind of an arrogance that it kind of exuded from him from some of the questions. And, you know, I, I don't think he thought too much of some of the senators and some of the senators' questions. Uh, and to be honest with you, I didn't think much of it. This is a weird world we live in where we literally have a person who is a savant, you know, uh, on the spectrum in an extreme way with, and is a coder and is a, you know, total technology nut and guru where he, you know, has made a lot of different products and things like this. And he's being questioned by 70 to, you know, 60 to 70 year old, 75 year old senators who maybe can't operate their email very well. Right. (laughs) And so some of their questions, it was just like, Oh, (laughs) they're so off base on a lot of it. Well, perhaps purposely. So sure. And I guess you're going to, Mentioned that uh, of the you know senators that that questioned him, he had don't you know Facebook had donated to forty three of the fifty or something like this. Oh, and and you know they own Facebook stock, right? Which, by the way, uh, Zuckerberg made three billion dollars today in stock valuation. Yeah, I, I and so that was I literally had that window open, and then I had the the market watch open where I could actually watch it, and I. Took a screenshot out of it and texted it to my brother. It's just like, all the world is a show. As soon as he hits the floor, they start asking him questions and the thing just shoots straight up. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I guess this is why the shareholders let him talk. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not sure well, what to say. You want to? You want to play that video with Ted Cruz? Sure. And then so I, this- I, I have a lot to talk about on this because this actually it was a weird week for me. This all kind of tied into what was going on with me last week, trying to choose the Android versus Apple phone. Um, and then I had kind of put some thoughts together, even jotted down some notes, which is very rare for this show, um, and was going to talk about it. And then, of course, I listened to No Agenda, and they talked about it almost in, the, you know, in, a, in a way that I was very agree, you know, very, agreed very much with. Um, so it's, just, it's been an interesting week. And then we wrap it up with this. I think it's just... I have a lot to say on this, so uh, we'll get to uh, the highlight, if you will, of the uh, of the entire thing. And I 
as someone who had an ear on most of it, I would definitely agree this is the uh, more exciting moment. Mr. Zuckerberg, does Facebook consider itself a neutral public forum? Senator, we consider ourselves to be a platform for all ideas. Let me ask the question again. Does Facebook consider itself to be a neutral public forum? And representatives of your company have given conflicting answers on this. Are, are you a First well, Amendment speaker expressing your views, or are you a neutral public forum allowing everyone to speak? Uh, Senator, here's how we think about this. I don't believe that... Uh, there is certain content that clearly we do not allow. Right? H hate speech, terrorist content, um, nudity, anything that makes people feel unsafe in, in the community. Um, from that perspective, that's why we generally try to refer to what we do as a platform okay, for all ideas. Let me try just because the time is constrained. It's just a, a simple question. The predicate for, for Section 230 immunity under the CB, CDA is that you are a neutral public forum. Do you consider yourself a neutral public forum, or are you engaged in political speech, which is your right under the First Amendment? Well, Senator... Our goal is certainly not to engage in political speech. I'm not that familiar with the specific legal language of the, the law that you, that you speak to, so I, I would need to follow up with you on that. I'm just trying to lay out how broadly I think about this. Well, Mr. Zuckerberg, I will say there are a great many Americans who I think are deeply concerned that, that Facebook and other tech companies are engaged in a pervasive pattern of bias and political censorship. Uh, there have been numerous instances with Facebook. In May of 2016, Gizmodo reported that Facebook had purposely and routinely suppressed conservative stories from trending news, including stories about CPAC, including stories about Mitt Romney, including stories about the Lois Lerner IRS scandal, including stories about Glenn Beck. In addition to that, Facebook has initially shut down the Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day page, has blocked a post of a Fox News reporter, has blocked over two dozen Catholic pages, and most recently blocked Trump supporters Diamond and Silk's page with 1.2 million Facebook followers after determining their content and brand were, quote, unsafe to the community. To a great many Americans, that appears to be a pervasive pattern of political bias. Do you agree with that assessment? Senator, let me say a few things about this. First... I understand where that concern is coming from because Facebook and the tech industry are located in Silicon Valley, which is an extremely left-leaning place. And uh, I, this is actually a concern that I have and that I try to root out the company is making sure that we don't have um, any bias in the work that we do. And I think it is a fair concern that, um, that people would, so, would, so would me, at least me, wonder about. Let me ask this now, question. Are, are you aware of any ad or page that has been taken down from Planned Parenthood? Senator, I, I'm not, but let me just... Can How about moveon.org? Sorry? How about moveon.org? I'm not specifically aware of those. How about cases. any Democratic candidate for office? I, I'm not specifically aware. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. In your testimony, you say that you have fifteen to 20,000 people working on security and content review. Do you know the political orientation of those fifteen to 20,000 people engaged in content review? Uh, no, Senator. We do not generally ask people about their political orientation when they're joining the company. So as CEO, have you ever made hiring or firing decisions based on political positions or what candidates they supported? No. Why was Palmer Luckey fired? 
that is a specific personnel matter that seems like it would be inappropriate to you speak to You just made a here. specific representation that you didn't make decisions based on political view. Well, is that I, can, I can commit that it was not because of a political view. Do you know of those 15 to 20,000 people engaged in content review, how many, if any, have ever supported financially a Republican candidate for office? Senator, I do not know that. Your testimony says it is not enough that we just connect people. We have to make sure those connections are positive. It says we have to make sure people aren't using their voice to hurt people or spread misinformation. We have a responsibility not just to build tools, to make sure those tools are used for good. Mr. Zuckerberg, do you feel it's your responsibility to assess users, whether they are good and positive connections or ones that those 15 to 20,000 people deem unacceptable or deplorable? Senator, are you asking about me personally? Facebook. Senator, I think that there are a number of things that we would all agree are clearly bad. Foreign interference in our elections, terrorism, uh, self-harm. I'm Those talking are about things. censorship. Uh, well, I think that you would probably agree that we should remove terrorist propaganda from the service. So that, I, I agree, I think is, is clearly bad activity that we want to get down. And we're generally proud of, of how well we, we do with that. Now, what I can say, and, and, I, and I do want to get this in before the end here, is that I am, I am very committed to making sure that Facebook is a platform for all ideas. That is a, a very important founding principle of, of what we do. Um, we're proud of the discourse and the different ideas that people can share on the service. And that is something that, as long as I'm running the company, I'm going to be committed to making sure is the case. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Cruz. Do you want a break now? We want to keep going. <laughs> sure. I mean, that was, that was pretty good. So, all right. All right. I will say it was entertaining in that it's mildly amusing to me to watch somebody of such a huge intelligence level have to talk in a forum like that. That was kind of originally why I tuned in. It was, it was uh, just a little kind of fun for me. And that, that was definitely... Well, Go ahead. There's some irony in the fact that Zuckerberg is so socially awkward and yet is, you know, the supposed genius behind the biggest social network in the world. That's true. That's true. He is, uh, he's something else, man. Watching his face and, uh, just the reaction to stuff. I just, I wanted to see it. That's why I tuned in. I wanted to see his face because this is the guy who I knew to be, you know, this, uh, let's not say robot over and over again, but this, uh, uh, Highly intelligent, probably that not probably on the spectrum, either Asperger's or some you know form of autism. Uh, extremely socially awkward, highly intelligent, and has said things like doesn't have a real moral compass. So I just wanted to see how this was going to go, and then and I found it I found it to be interesting. Uh, Cruz is really the from a, only one from that cornered him. From a financial perspective, I I actually believe him that he does want it to be a forum for all ideas. Sure, yeah. yeah. And I think that was, a, that was an overarching idea throughout the whole thing. What I was impressed with by the guy is that his, his ability to keep going, wear the senators out, and try to make himself look good. He just kept saying, I'm trying to bring a, we're trying to bring a free service to the whole world. You know, we can't charge, we can't do this. We're bringing a free service to the whole world. He just kept saying that over and over. Uh, but, you know, uh, Cruz is the only one that cornered him. 
and in in that it was it also in the context of the whole hearing was kind of cheap and cheesy, but it was nice to watch him. It was the only time he really scrambled. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what? Let's do something fun. You got the browser open in front of you there? Yeah. We'll do this live on the show. Go to Facebook. Okay. Trending stories? Oh. No, not trending stories. So, let's see if I can do this. <laughs> What's up? The the trending stories that Mark Zuckerberg and then is Twitter, Facebook, Senators Grill, Mark Zuckerberg. And- yeah, they they asked who they. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird moment too. The does Facebook have any competitors? He's like, well, I believe we have many different competitors. Uh, and he's like, well, in what sense do you have competitors? Well, I believe you know other competitors who are as big as us are things you know are companies like Apple, Google, Amazon. That that was the part that was hard. Is then they would respond like. Well, do you have any competitors? Answer the question. And he's like, uh, I mean, not really. We're kind of the only one that's doing this, but we do a lot of different things. And they're like, is Twitter Facebook? Is Twitter this, one of your competitors? He's like, <laughs> he's like, they. I mean, yeah, but only in a in a way. Twitter has its own you know model that they're using, and, and so it, then they take these things out, and it just shows how stupid the senators are in a lot of ways in technology. It was like. It was, it was. I don't know. I just found it to be interesting. But uh, we'll go to settings. So up in the top right, you know how to do that. Go to settings, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you go down to, let's see, click on ads. Oh, temperature, Fahrenheit. <laughs> what? No, no, no. So you, you have to be hilarious. You have to be very specific. You went to settings, right? Yes. And then now, okay. now click on ads. Did you click on that? Okay. All right, we're in there now. So you're in your ad preferences? Yes. Okay, now click your information. Okay, now beneath that, there's a little thing that says about you. Just to the right of that, there's your categories. Click on your categories. What's the third line down? U.S. politics. Listed as conservative. I'm also listed as a conservative. Isn't that weird? So people discovered this last week and started, you know, tweeting it out and posting it on Facebook. That you can actually see how what your, Facebook thinks of you. What Facebook yeah. thinks of you and, and where you are. So I'm a veteran. I usually sign in from an Apple device. Uh, I generally don't use a mobile device. I have engaged shopping on a bunch of different ad things that I didn't know were ads, but they were, I thought they were stories. I'm away from my hometown, away from my family. Uh, new, they said I'm a newlywed of one year, uh, which is wrong, but, uh, I thought, I just found it interesting. Oh, it even tells me I have an, <laughs> which iPhone I have and what, uh, operating system I'm running on my computer. You're, I, I, I never mark conservative because I'm not. <laughs> so I never put that right. That's right. not that's not a box I would check, and that's how I'm a hundred percent certain that that's how they've classified me. Mm-hmm. So now you've well, been classified. You you've been maybe Doctor Future's right. You, we've both been outed as conservatives and Trump supporters here. But no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, seriously, what what is happening here? This is based off of what? I mean, this is well, based off of how we've interacted with the platform. The only people who aren't spewing Trump hate twenty four seven are by definition conservatives. We have a good listener to the show. See, I, I caught onto a thread. Uh, I don't even know if he listens to the show anymore. We'll just call him Bill from Wisconsin. He knows who he is. He used to write into the show. I, I don't know if he still listens. Uh, but we have a good friend of the show. He was listed as a moderate. So, oh, okay. So, I mean, there is more... I think there is more... 
you know, categories, but I just found this to be kind of fascinating. I mean, do you realize how big of a pat on the back I would give myself of a city anarchist right here? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, in that sense, I'd, like, I'd be on a watch list. I'm, who cares? But whatever. So, I don't know. I found that interesting. That's a, uh, that's a Facebook classifying you as what you are. So, anybody who's out there listening, go to uh, settings and go to ads, then about you, and then to the right, your information. There you are. So I am a conservative. So your conservative podcast continues. Um, a weird week for me. Like I said, I was trying to, hey, should I go with this phone? Should I go with this phone? And I actually read, okay, before all this Facebook stuff in the, in the uh, testimony, I read Apple's privacy policy. I read Google's privacy policy. I read uh, Facebook's privacy policy. And I came away... Uh, more confused than when I started. There's a lot of your information out there, a lot, uh, and it yeah. just it just kind of depends where where you want to go with it. I didn't get to Amazon. I ran out of time. Some of these documents are not thin. I mean, this the Facebook one was huge. The Google one is uh, what is the word? Hmm. Opaque. <laughs> It's it's a uh, it's kind of hard to to see through. It's very it's in very simple non lawyeristic terms the Google version, uh, but it's uh, kind of hard to understand. So um, you know we can get to the phone segment in a little well, bit. I know that you're super excited about it, um, and you've been on pins and needles since we talked about it last week. But there is a couple of different directions we can go from here. Although uh, depending on what you're going to say next, what are you going to say? I forgot. Oh, well, that's messed up. I did want to report back to you that Brandon Ayak, who was fired from Mozilla for defending marriage. It was that guy. Is the Brave Browser guy. So uh, Brave Browser. It was weird. Remember I was talking about it last week and then, you know, two days later, Adam Curry's talking about it on the show and talking about how amazing it is. It's been weird. I've been like on the same kind of wavelength as, you know, as all this stuff kind of comes up. So I do recommend to everybody the Brave browser. I have not had a chance to daily drive it yet. I haven't kind of got all my settings in there that I'd like and whatnot. Uh, I've been using it here and there. The entire time I had the uh, Android phone, I I did have it on there and it was amazing. Very fast, uh, very clear. yeah, pretty pretty awesome browser. But I, I, I you have great recall, Andrew. I got to I got to pat you on the back. Well, I, I totally forgot that we even covered that story back in 2014 when he basically made one Proposition Eight donation of a thousand dollars to he, right. He donated to a campaign to define marriage as between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And while he had given was, millions to Jeff Bezos, to Tim <laughs> Cook, to all these other, you know. You know, people who are uh, pro, not that we're pro or anti-gay marriage, but they're pro, you know, letting people choose and whatnot. And then one that was like, hey, let's define it this way. $1,000, you're done. You're out. Well, now he's got his own browser and uh, it's rising up fast. I didn't learn about it through some sort of Christian circles like, hey, this is our guy that we supported. No, no. I learned about this on Reddit on a privacy forum. So it's working. It's out there, cool. and then you heard Adam Carolla or Adam Carolla, Adam Curry talking about it on the No Agenda show this past week. So, um, you know, it, it's hey, it's out there. I remembered what I was going to ask you. Please, uh, on your Facebook page, yes, are you getting lots of posts of people uh, like questioning the Syria thing? 
Uh, let me let me let me log back in. I try to stay off this thing as much as possible, but let's go ahead. Uh, the answer is going to be no, or is it? Is it going to be no? I I don't know. My, That's why I asked the question. It's not a. It's, it was not a rhetorical or, okay. or a trick question. Okay. First person, no. Second person. Oops. For the first time ever, there's only one post. Okay. Here we go. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby post. <laughs> two, because two homeless posts. I got nothing, man. I was. Oh, I gotta give me one we- reason you need an AR-15 post. That's a good one. Ugh, okay. Um, I got nothing, man. I was encouraged because I'm seeing all these memes, you know, with Assad saying, "I don't always use chemical weapons, but when I do, I do it when it makes zero sense and is the only way to lose a war." Um, and just like person after person just you know kind of ridiculing the whole idea and i'm like yes you know this is great and then i thought i wonder if it's because i posted that and so facebook is showing me all the all the people with the same opinion and in in reality it's a tiny fraction and most people are all gung-ho let's bomb syria i got nothing man i'm still scrolling I still don't have a single post about it. Yeah. I haven't posted in a long time, so that's another part of our sample size of two here. I haven't posted anything. Uh, well, since you're you're into asking for feedback these days, people should yes. let us know. Yeah, let us know yeah. what's on your Facebook feed. Uh, U-Dub breaks away from Nike, goes with Adidas. These are important stories, buddy. For only twelve million a year. That's it. What a deal. I can't I mean I got nothing. It's just it just keeps keeps going, unfortunately. Uber Eats is a beautiful thing. Pictures of food. I feel awesome. Zuckerberg's just like Elon Musk. Here's a baby picture. Alright, I think I'm done. Okay. Even military people no uh no uh several military people on there. No, uh, no posts at all about it. So there we go. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm curious. I know uh, Matt Schneider. I know he saw it. Right. It was, but uh, I actually never and, saw your and, post either. But I, I'm not always on there. So. So I feel like I feel like kind of a traitor. Like I deleted this long before all these problems came up, and then I like rejoined. <laughs> months months before it all kind of hit the fan, so to speak. So. Well, and this is, and we've talked about this before because Google is—they're all doing it. You know, they're yes. all shaping. You know, figuring out. They figure out what your political affiliation is, and we'll show you things like that. And I actually um, specifically try not to like, you know, hide stuff from opposing views, and because I want. I want to see what's out there, you know, in my little oh, swath of 
you're the guy that that sets off the atomic bomb, the proverbial atomic bomb in someone's living room, and then dares you not to speak, huh? <laughs> no, I, I'm saying I don't hide other people. No, I know, I know, I'm messing with you. But, but uh, I, it's interesting, you know, you you pointed that out. So Facebook has decided I'm this way, therefore I will not want to see other. But I trust me, I still see plenty. I see plenty of. Uh, Trump hate Russia collusion stuff. So I, I hopped in a customer car and took it for a spin around the uh, the dealership and was listening to Mark Levin because Mark Levin was on his uh, was on the radio there. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever listened to Mark Levin? I'm familiar with with him, the Great One. Basically, we need to bomb them. Bomb. We need to bomb ham- them. Bomb we, need to, them. we need to hammer them. The things that are, and this is literally how he said it. Okay, so there's like music on in the background, FM DJ radio talk show style. He's just like, you know, it's like this this like super fake candid moment with his long pauses and stuff. You know, I got this good friend. He's been a good friend of mine for years. It was actually at my birthday party last week. We had a great time. But you know what? He's a world traveler. Goes all over the place. This last couple of weeks, last couple of months. You know, he's over in uh, Syria. Uh, doing a couple things there, and uh, he's involved with some of the military intelligence. And you know what he tells me? I mean, things are just not good. We need to hammer them. We need to hammer them. I mean, just if we let chemical weapons be used as a precedent in the United States, if we let that happen, we're in for a scary future. We need to hammer them and act fast. And it's like there's no, like, what the hell are you talking about? Some guy? Like, some you just made up some guy who you had a bar- birthday party with the other day. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and he said, hammer him. And now you're telling millions of people around the country, hammer him or it's, a, it's or, like the, or, the Trump technique, you know, lots of people are saying, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And I'm just like, listening to it, like, Oh my, this is, I mean, that's, 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 uh, I didn't know the mainstream media was that bad. I thought they were just stupid, but that's deceptive. There's this guy I know. Oh, shoot. Mark Levin knew a guy who went over there. Hey, I'll bring something up to the, the old Dr. Future point that he would bring up on uh, Future Quake all the time. What do our missionaries say? Uh, any missionaries from any any churches in Libya, in the area? You know, maybe we should listen to what they're up to. What Syria. They're Syria. Syria, Libya. Sorry, but you're right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have too many over there at the time, I guess. Uh, well, the ones that are still alive, um, sure. Actually, uh, we did cover some Syrian missionary stuff, and the the consensus was that uh, there weren't any good guys in the civil war there. <laughs> Hold on. Hold the phone. No good guys on either side of this war. That's crazy talk. Uh, do you think? So just let's just say it. Let's just come out and say it now for any new listeners we don't have. Or that we don't have. That's funny. It's a Freudian slip. Uh, the first one, chemical weapons, was not used by Assad. It's been proven in intellectual circles around the world. In most international newspapers, it's been it's been you know mm-hmm. stated that it wasn't him. Here in the U.S., totally not. Of course, he did it. Now there's some sort of other. Well, is this another then, chlorine gas attack? By the way, have you even got that far? I've heard nothing about it other than well, he, he did it again. The, so there was the first one which then the UN 
deal went in and said, eh, probably the rebels. Right. Then there was the sarin gas attack, which was uh, where Sirius said, like, yes, we dropped, you know, we did a bombing run on uh, like a weapon storage facility. And then there was there wasn't any real proof that it was sarin gas. So it was sketchy. And then this one was uh, supposedly chlorine. So there's, uh, yeah, we, we don't, this is the whole bear. Remember the bear bottle thing? You know, people like if, if you learn nothing else from this show, like learn to be, learn to realize that you cannot possibly know what is going on 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 the other side of the world through our media. Absolutely not. You don't know. We don't know. But you can look at it and say, hmm, who benefits? Does Assad benefit? No. In what way does a chemical weapons attack right now benefit Bashar al-Assad? In no no way whatsoever. So then, uh, if it doesn't benefit him, why would he do that? Is he an idiot? Um, that just somehow, you know, <laughs> went to Ivy League Western schools and and has been running the country for, for 20 years? Or is this just maybe not him doing it? Um, and, uh, you know, my money's on the, the quote, rebels, or, or it being a kind of a combination. Because uh, the, the rebels have admittedly used chlorine gas. Yep. Well, it's it, that's not a tough thing to come up with. It's I, not like a oh, it had to be a, the you know Russian military developing it. No, it was like a month or two ago. I didn't even bring it to the show, or did I? Where Assad was interviewed again by some Western reporter and just took him to task. I mean, he consistently does interviews. He's he's clear. He's concise. He is uh, cognizant. He, I mean. He, he talks about questioning how ISIS is getting trained and how they continue to get funded, how they continue to, to end up with you know, you know U.S. weapons. Uh, he, for all intents and purposes, is the anti of what they're calling. They're calling him that. now. He's an animal. He's an eye doctor. <laughs> yes, he's, he's not like he's not like Saddam. Like he rose up from the military ranks by killing everyone on his way there and has this mustache and this you know secret police. Yeah, it's not even you. like. Gaddafi style. No, he's a he's a he's a uh, an eye doctor from London. I mean, he hangs out with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and his you know wife, and they're in the what you call it magazine. I mean, this is and now he's a he's a monster because there's been this you know proxy war that's been taking place. It's a for lack of which a better he, term, kind of a which he has basically won. Yes, he has. He drove everybody out in out of, of out of his area. I mean it's you know, now Saudi Arabia wants a peace and you know Russia wants a peace and it's 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 uh it's just so so play the um I'll, so after I I had responded and um kind of to the initial initial reports, I saw this clip from Tucker Carlson which I saw other people saying, you know uh, this is probably his best monologue since he's been doing the show, and I would tend to agree with that. 
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Leaders on both sides of the aisle in Congress, in the media, in our intelligence services, in virtually every overfunded think tank in Washington, have suddenly aligned tonight on a single point of agreement. America must go to war in Syria immediately. Bashar al-Assad cannot continue to lead that country. He must be overthrown. Assad is an evil man, they tell us. His latest crime is a chlorine gas attack carried out over the weekend by his forces against a rebel-held suburb of Damascus. Assad's poison gas suffocated children. Pictures of the aftermath of that are all over the Internet, and they are horrifying. Assad is a monster. That's the official story. Almost everyone in power claims to believe it. The push to war in Syria, by the way, has united politicians from both sides. Lindsey Graham and Howard Dean typically agree on very little. Not much at all. But today they are both calling for war in Syria. Graham is demanding massive attacks on the Syrian military. Dean is going even further than that. On Twitter, he called the president, quote, a wimp for merely sending thousands of troops and launching tons of bombs at Syria. That's not enough for Howard Dean, who, as you may remember, once ran for president as the peace candidate. Tonight, he wants total war in Syria. Television pundits, of course, strongly agree. This morning, the foreign policy team over on MSNBC explained that it's far more important for American troops to fight in Syria than it is to secure our own border here in America. Watch. There's no question that now, uh, all these years later, it is Donald Trump's, Donald Trump's challenge. He has to take action. He's right. spoken to Macron. What he ought to do is a coordinated action. There has to be a comprehensive response. As Trump leaves to fight his imaginary border war, he's leaving the real war where we could make a difference and said he's turning it over to Assad and to Iran and to ISIS. This is something that Barack Obama wouldn't even do if, if confronted with these set of facts. Trump has to take action in Syria, everyone nods sagely. That ought to make you nervous. Universal bipartisan agreement on anything is usually the first sign that something deeply unwise is about to happen, if only because there is nobody left to ask skeptical questions. And we should be skeptical of this, starting with the poison gas attack itself. All the geniuses tell us that Assad killed those children. But do they really know that? Of course they don't really know that. They're making it up. They have no real idea what happened. Actually, both sides in the Syrian civil war possess chemical weapons. How would it benefit Assad using chlorine gas last weekend? Well, it wouldn't. Assad's forces had been winning the war in Syria. The administration just announced its plans to pull American troops out of Syria, having vanquished ISIS. That's good news for Assad. And about the only thing he could do to reverse it and to hurt himself would be to use poison gas against children. Well, he did it anyway, they tell us. He's that evil. Please. Keep in mind, this is the same story they told us last April. Do you remember that? It was almost exactly a year ago. The new administration announced it was no longer seeking to depose Assad from power. Regime change was no longer our policy. So the usual war chorus in Washington started yelping, went berserk. And days later, Assad supposedly used sarin gas against civilians in Syria. There was video. We bombed a Syrian airbase in response to that. At the time, this show asked what seemed like the obvious question, are we really sure that Assad did that? It seems weirdly timed and counterproductive to him. Shut up, they explained. Of course we're sure. What an unpatriotic question. But of course they were lying. Two months ago, the Secretary of Defense admitted that actually we still have no proof that Assad used sarin gas last year. The story, it turns out, was propaganda. It was designed to manipulate Americans, just like so much of what they say. 
We've seen this movie before, and we know how it ends. But just for the sake of argument, let's assume they're not lying this time. Let's assume Assad did just use chlorine gas against kids. He's perfectly capable of that, by the way, not defending his moral character. Let's say he did do it. Would that be worth starting a new war over? Overthrowing Assad's regime in Syria would result in chaos. Many thousands would die. In fact, we might likely see the genocide of one of the last remaining Christian communities in the Middle East, and we ought to care about that. Some of the dead, of course, would be American servicemen. A new war would cost us tens of billions of dollars, maybe hundreds of billions. Would it make America safer? Would it make the region more stable? Let's see. How exactly did regime change work in Iraq and Libya? Doesn't matter say our moral leaders on CNN and everywhere else. Atrocities like this cannot be tolerated. Okay, but let's be real. We do tolerate atrocities like this all the time. For example, there's a devastating famine killing children in Yemen right now. The Saudis are causing that famine. Should we drop tomahawks on Riyadh in response? Not until it's on YouTube, apparently, when you conduct foreign policy by viral video, pictures are essential. But in real life, Syria is a highly complicated place. With Assad gone, who would run it exactly? Do we have another strongman in place to install? Or is it our hope that a stable democracy will magically appear in the wake of this protracted civil war? And who exactly are these moderate rebels you're always hearing about, the ones that we're supporting with your tax dollars? Well, a lot of them turn out to be Islamist crazies. For example, the city where the chemical attack just occurred is mostly controlled by the Army of Islam. It's a radical group that has called for establishing an Islamic state under Sharia law in Syria. That group's founder called for exterminating all Shia Muslims and Alawites from the country. But we're supposed to wage a new war on this group's behalf. Why is that exactly? Back in 2013, when the Syrian civil war was still in its early days, one onlooker weighed in on Twitter. Here's part of what he wrote, quote, we should stay the hell out of Syria. The rebels are just as bad as the current regime. What will we get for our lives and billions of dollars? Zero. In another tweet, he said this, quote, let the Arab League take care of Syria. Why are these rich Arab countries not paying us for the tremendous cost of such an attack? And in yet another tweet, he said this, what will we get for bombing Syria beside more debt and a possible long-term conflict? Of course, you know who wrote that? It was Donald Trump, and he was right. And that's one of the reasons he got elected president. And now the same people who brought you a dying American middle class, undefended American borders and endless, pointless wars in countries you could not find on a map are telling the president he's got to depose Assad for reasons that are both unclear and demonstrably dishonest. And by the way, it may happen. But before it does, Congress ought to consider a brand new constitutional amendment. Let's call it the Lindsey Graham Amendment. And here's what it would say. Congress shall topple no government until it finishes rebuilding the last government it toppled. And furthermore, talk show generals shall be required to personally visit the battlefield of every war they advocate for. End of amendment. That would have an immediate and positive effect. Let's hope it passes. So, so what followed that on the actual broadcast, he gets through with that monologue. He has a senator on, senator from Mississippi. And the senator says, you know, I believe our intelligence people and, you know, it sounds like you're asking some interesting questions there. Kind of like uh, Putin is asking those same questions. And Tucker just went off on him. He's like, like, what's that supposed to mean? Like, it's an obvious question to ask. Are you saying that I only asked it because Vladimir Putin told me to? Like, it was... I, 
I don't know. It was it was humorous, but also very sad. Like the the idea that um, anything questioning what our government's line is saying must be because you're working for the Russian government. Well, I mean, like, yeah, it, it, it's or Facebook. So anyway, so I mean, personally, I think that's the real that's the real story. Like the potential war in Syria, uh, you've got Russia. There's a report out from the Express in the UK uh, saying the Syria missile strike could happen within hours by France and Britain. Um, a report from the LA Times as Trump considers military action action on Syria. Uh, Pentagon worries it could put Russian soldiers in the crosshairs. We probably should have started worrying about that a few months ago when we started killing Russians, although at that point we weren't killing Russian soldiers. We were killing, uh, you know, basically the Russian equivalent of Blackwater. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's a mess. Is it something that's going to lead to full-on World War III nuclear war? I hope not. Uh, but it's the sort of thing that, you know, you, you don't want to mess around with it. Wars start for stupid reasons, and the reasons in the history books, you know, don't tell the full story. Come on, you got the Gulf of Tonkin, <laughs> you got 9-11 war, you got uh, yellow cake... Aluminum tubes. Speaking of 9-11. Took, took the babies out of the incubators. Wasn't it interesting how, you know, Trump Tower had a pretty good uh, fire going, but they weren't clearing people out waiting for the building to collapse. That was that was interesting. I don't even remember that. The Trump Tower fire? Yeah, I don't remember that. Someone, well, I don't know how the guy's penthouse caught on fire, but... It's, they were kind of hinting that he may have done it on purpose and burned himself up in there. Um, but, yeah, flames shooting out the side of Trump Tower. And uh, they didn't even evacuate? It did not collapse. That's weird. Why didn't they evacuate? I think it's, it's well known if a building catches on fire, it could fall down. Yes, into its own footprint. Yes. At free fall speed, At just like... It, it honestly looked like same level of fire as Building Seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Except only on one floor rather than like you know two different floors or whatever. But um, this is an interesting story. You must have thrown it in there. Pat Buchanan asked, "Has the War Party hooked Trump?" I think we know the answer to that. I don't think that the War Party wasn't even. I, I, yes, the answer is yes. I think the only person that's in there is that is the general. That's the only guy who's consistent, who's running things in there, and he's pro-war, as most generals are want to be. Well, and you know, I would say Trump was never truly the anti-war candidate. No, he was for more torture and everything else. He's not Ron Paul, you know. Yeah, he's for. Uh, Right, he's for, quote, winning the wars right. and actually having an end at some point, which, you know, a non-endless war would be would would be at least a step in the right direction. So speaking of that, uh, <laughs> which that picture, um, 
just look up John Bolton with the war mustache. It's a pretty funny a illustration great, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Babylon B. Uh, <laughs> I got, got a, a few of those. You got a Babylon B story. I got an onion story that we'll save for later. Okay. When we, get, okay. When we go back to our technology talk. Okay. Cause I, I've actually got a couple of them, but, um, John Bolton stays up late nuking all the peaceful countries in Civilization Six, and it shows it's got John Bolton and with like a uh, you know Photoshop to look like he's against the computer screen with headphones on. Uh, according to sources close to incoming National Security Advisor designate John Bolton. The diplomat and politician worked a late night at the office Monday, staying up in the early morning hours, nuking other countries in the popular <laughs> 4X PC game Sid Meier's Civilization VI. Bolton refused to research any technologies except those that would allow him to unlock the game's nuclear weapons and ignored the opposing AI players' uh, offers of peace in favor of turning their civilizations into glowing green wastelands. Suck on this, Gandhi, Bolton reportedly bellowed at his computer screen as he dropped the, the big one on one rival empire, cackling madly as he lovingly watched the flames rise higher and higher on his opponent's capital city. Yes! Burn, baby, burn. All that's left of your pathetic le- legacy will be ashes and the fading knowledge that your miserable existence is in flames. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Oh, All right. Goodness. So, anyway, you get the idea on that one. That's awesome. Um, and then they had two. Uh, I, I don't have to read the articles, but they had two Zuckerberg ones. Um <laughs> The first one, Zuckerberg begins testimony by reminding senators he knows all their deepest thoughts, hopes, and fears. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, Zuckerberg loses contact lens during Senate hearing, revealing horrifying lizard eye. It's got a picture of him with that. There, I mean, yeah, there is some not fully human quality to Mark Zuckerberg. It's tr- so true. Yeah. So uh, you like his his wireless charging pad? Yeah, the booster seat there. Got a, got a booster seat so, so that he could sit up a little bit higher and be seen by those in front of him uh, as a taller person than he was. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of gun stories. One: okay. How many guns owners live in your home state? Uh, states with extremely high population of gun owners, more than 50%. I was not surprised. Actually, I was a little surprised by this because my great state of o- my home state of Oklahoma, actually pretty far down there, number 16. Uh, but number one, Wyoming. Number two, Alaska, Montana, South Dakota, West Virginia. You, are you at all shocked by any of the top five? No. Yeah. Mississippi, Idaho, Arkansas, Alabama, North Dakota. That's about that's about par for the course. Uh then you get to Kentucky, Wisconsin, Louisiana, Utah, Tennessee, Oklahoma, uh South Carolina, and, and on and on and on. So uh down at the bottom end of the list, you have Hawaii, then New Jersey, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, Illinois, Maryland, California, Delaware. So it looks like where's the great state of Oregon? Ah, number twenty six. So you're kind of kind of right there in the middle with thirty nine percent gun ownership. 
Oklahoma has 42% and uh, Wyoming has 59%. Anyway, I say all that because another story happened to, to come across my feed this week. And um, it's just kind of a story that won't be covered in mainstream media, but it's worth noting. Not that we would uh, revel in the deaths of another person, as, a, as it's not really the, the crux of our show, but it's interesting that this, this, uh, this, this story made no news nationwide, very little news. Woman arrested in Broken Arrow after area man fatally shot three intruders with an AR-15. Hmm. And this is an interesting story, basically. Idiots. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean that in a loving way. But teenagers who dress in all black, put on ski masks, and break into a home wielding a knife and brass knuckles are idiots. It's the idea of breaking into a home, especially a home in Oklahoma, in all black in the middle of the night is just a bad idea. Lady's uh, not home, but her 23-year-old son is. He is awoken by the intruders, walks into the hallway to encounter them, one of them holding a giant knife, and he shot them all. 16, 17, and 19 years old. So, uh, anyway, interesting that this is not going to be covered in the mainstream media. Another one of those gun stories that gets covered up. But they broke into his house, they all got shot, and that was kind of the end of the story. Um note to self note to anyone else out there don't break into homes especially in i don't know oklahoma texas south carolina <laughs> you know these these uh these ones that are higher up on the list so any thoughts on that one in fact any state let's just <laughs> let's just not break into uh, breaking into other people's houses yeah no it's it's totally true but if you break into somebody's house, in, I, you know, I was talking about that story with somebody, and they said, well, if you break into uh, somebody's house in San Francisco, you're probably safer than doing it in Oklahoma. And I had to agree. So, uh, anyway, um, interesting there. Let's move on. Where are we now? Um, ah, Fox News accidentally displayed a graphic showing it is the least trusted cable news network. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you trust more? CNN Network, 48%. Trump, 35%. MSNBC, 45%. Trump, 32%. Fox News, 30%. Trump, 20%. So, there you go. It's uh, Fox News just uh, doing the uh, their own their own handiwork there. <laughs> See, they, they get a bad rap, but they're, you know, they're self uh self flagellating there yes <laughs> um one of the things i wanted to talk about real quick was i actually did get some feedback on the phone issue one in the in uh for the apple phone one said hey go for that the other one said go with the android phone the google phone i did in fact send the android phone back but after reading all of these privacy policies and really trying to understand exactly what's going on, and actually, I not only did that, I went and downloaded my data from each source so you can actually see what everybody has on you. There's a lot of information out there. My dog is back in the room, so thank you for joining us and flapping your ears. Um, a lot of information is collected through Google, um, but one of the things I learned, and, and like I said, I talked about this in the No Agenda podcast this week, but 
supposedly the Google model is we have all this information. We know this stuff about you. We're going to turn around and sell it to advertisers, but we don't really sell your personal information. We just say, hey, we got this. Here's a profile. Yeah, we have this guy and he's this age and he lives in this area. And we could definitely use, you know, you could target your ads towards him. Well, and and probably a group of. A group of you. Exactly. A group of me. Yeah. Exactly. So they're going to say, hey, this is, you know, but I would fit into a group, right? Like if there was more men in this area my age with uh, young children, something like this, then they would group it together. Um, and and so, you know, and I talked to a lot of Android folks about this, uh, a couple through the show, and, and their, the response was all kind of the same. It was just, hey, you're being tracked anyway. You might as well use it for your benefit. And as crazy as that sounds, the more I read, the more sense that did actually make. Um, but there was just something about it that I did, did still just doesn't quite sit right with me. Like I found myself leaning more towards the Android platform because it's a little more open. You can download stuff like the Tor browser and stuff. Not that that's not compromised, but at least it anonymizes your data somewhat. Um, not necessarily to government sources, but maybe to other companies or whatnot. It, it, it was a lot of fun to use. It's kind of a tink, you know, and that was what someone said. It's a tinkerer type of phone. It's a tinkerer is what someone would use. But something just doesn't sit right with me. And here's a good example. I know this is going to blow you out of the water, Andrew, which is kind of fun to talk about this with you because it's it, you have a fresh perspective on this stuff. But like Google would actually be like, "Hey, looks like you went to this park today. Can you answer a few questions?" Like it pops up on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I look at the phone. It says, "Hey, is there free parking? Is there a, 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 a parking? Is there parking space? Is it is it paid? And then is there play fields? You know, just trying to answer that stuff for Google Maps. And I, I I just you know I'm trying to get the full experience and understand what's happening here. So I, I answered all that stuff, and then I just start to think about it, and it's just like, well, then it knows kind of where I am, and it opposed, supposedly it anonymizes that data, and then it's going to be sold. Hey, you know, this person does this and that." But the whole thing, I just, I have to say, as, as fun as it was to use and the camera was amazing and just to see, you know, once you go into like the Google world, they have, I mean, they have everything. If you are a true Google account holder who only uses Google products, you don't hardly even need a computer because everything is in the cloud. You can sign up anywhere and be, you know, you know, in their system. <sighs> that being said, I just... Uh, it it just it just felt weird. It felt weird to me, and it and it and, it, and I'm coming from a place of uh, obvious bias in that I don't even use Google for my search engine. The real reason is there. I don't use it for my email, so to to, to use it on the phone, uh, it's it, it just I don't know. The I, I felt more comfortable with the privacy policy after reading it, but it the whole thing still felt a little bit off. Apple, you know. I'm sure you heard Tim Cook say, you know, they asked him how what do you do if he was in Zuckerberg's position? He said, "Well, I wouldn't be in this position." And then he gets, you know, Zuckerberg fires back, "Well, we don't make products for rich people," kind of whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but it's So then I go and look at Apple. Cuz cuz most people purchasing advertising aren't rich, right? Well, <laughs> no, I thought it I, I, see now. I've I've always thought this was a, a, a you're the third person I've heard take that a totally different way. I thought he was firing at Apple, saying that Apple products are for rich people. No, he was saying that. Okay, okay. I'm just saying that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ultra rich are the ones who are going to be using the Google products or the buying the advertisers. 
well, not even ultra rich, but if you're rich enough to, you know, have a business or control a business's advertising dollars, then you're rich enough to have an iPhone. <laughs> Very good. Very good point. And it was interesting, too, that uh, Cheryl Sandberg got cornered with the question, is it possible to not have any of your information ever st- sold for any reason? And she said, well, that would have to be a pay service. And then they did corner Zuck on that today, which was kind of amusing. And he, he danced around it for a while. And then he just said, yeah, I mean, if we went to that, we would have to go to a paid model, which, of course, is not what he wanted to do. Um, anyway, so I, I go back to the iOS. I read the Apple stuff. So I'm reading the whole privacy policy of Apple. And they claim to keep your information anonymous and hold on to it for only a certain amount of time and then let it go. This is a much more attractive business model for me. Um, unfortunately, it is a walled garden. It's totally locked down. I've been using it. It seems like everybody uses it. And to be honest with you, the worst part of the iPhone is all of the people who have never used anything else and swear it's the best thing ever. But I'm starting to believe that the best part may be the encryption the uh, actual stance on privacy, which leaves it alone in a landscape full of uh, places that, um, you know, basically take your information and sell it. What I did find interesting, of course, is that I dug down and actually read the privacy statement about their advertising, because this is the red heron that's always thrown out by your Google people, your Facebook people, whatnot. What is the advertising being used for? It is like less than one half of 1% of their income. And it, they say that the only information that they sell is is uh, use what you're actually using on your phone, like how you how much you use apps, and so that that can go to app developers to figure out which apps are the most popular on the store. Um, not a lot of stuff otherwise, and they tend to run uh, counterproductive and counter to what the rest of the internet wants. A lot of software that limits ads altogether. Um, as a matter of fact, if you remember, there was a big deal two or three years ago when they first allowed ad blockers in Safari because all these – remember that? All the websites were freaking out. They're like, <gasps> we're going to lose all this money, all this revenue stream. So anyway, uh, I, I sent the Google phone back. I, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is really powerful. It's a, it has a lot more customizability than the, than the Android or than the Apple phone. I, I, I just – I don't know. I just felt weird and I, I think I could become more comfortable with it. But then it's like, how much comfort do I want to have with Google if I don't even use them for search or email? What's next? Do I buy a Nest for my house so that I can you know, monitor when I'm here and when I'm not? It's just an awful lot of data to be centralized in one place. So mm-hmm. you know, I guess with Apple, you could argue I'm doing the same thing, but at least they're telling me they're not selling it. So I sent it back. I'm going to use the old iPhone for now. And by the way, I, I think I mentioned I needed to upgrade in the last show. And you know, for someone like yourself, that might sound silly. But let's let's be clear. I've had this phone for three and a half years, and that was one of the things that somebody pointed out to me was that longevity of an iOS device is a lot more than the longevity of an Android device. I probably couldn't use an Android device for three and a half years. You know, they they need to be updated a lot more frequently. Whereas this has been pretty rock solid for a long period of time. Um, uh, the other thing that was interesting too, that whole the battery slowing down the phone thing happened in the last month or a couple months, which made me 
really question Apple and like, what are they doing? Are they just trying to get me to buy a new phone? And they came out and said, hey, the reason we do this is because it, is your battery degrades over time. You'll end up having crashes. But, you know, they fixed that with the last update. And so no longer will they limit the uh, output of the processor uh, for your battery. It, it will run at full speed all the time and they won't limit it so that it slows down your phone but keeps it from crashing. Uh, so I downloaded that. My phone has been a lot faster over the last three or four days today. Totally crashed. So I think that, you know, maybe they didn't update everybody to tell them what they were doing at first, but I'm not totally against what they did because now that they're having to remove that slowing down feature, they're st I'm starting to see that, hey, my three and a half year old device is working worse than it was previously. So um, I'd love to talk to any more people about this who want to maybe one on one on email. Um, I don't think Apple is the end all be all. I don't think having all your information in one place is 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 safe. Uh, but the things that they do, you know, I think that the stance they took with the San Bernardino shooter is admirable. You know, you remember that? They refused to unlock that phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're, this is riveting. I feel like I should, there was a part of me this week that thought to myself, you know what I should do is I should get the Google phone, right? And just be like the canary in the coal mine. And then we should buy you a Motorola pager. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got me and I'm like, Oh, I love the, you know, I love the, the, the whole Sochnets and all the stuff that's happening. And I can just upload my information and see it from anywhere. And it, you're just like, I don't even have a phone anymore. And to just see kind of the, the, the different directions that the show goes. Um, anyway, going to try and keep a, keep, a, keep a hold of the iPhone for a while longer. See if it'll keep working. And then uh, in the future, maybe get a, a new one or maybe even an Android phone. I just, I just wasn't ready for it at that point. And uh, I hate doing what everyone else is doing. And I think a lot of other people are doing it because it's cool or because they think it is a device for rich people. But I still really admire the privacy stance. Does that sound horrible? I know this whole segment is kind of horrible to you, but does that sound crazy, like the ramblings of a lunatic here? No. No. I was just looking... Um, I was going to count the number of text messages between your message, which was my last one, and... For the last week? And last week. Okay. Uh, this was a little higher texting week than usual okay the number um from last week when we were you know when you were texting me to tonight four total 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 yeah wow wow that's uh that's one awesome, of them man. one of them was an automated password recovery okay and then the other three were from my mom because she thought the internet was broken. <laughs> well, it does warm my heart to know that you, you who are trying to divorce yourself from technology as much as possible, at least still get the IT calls from your mother. Yeah. Um, but hey, I mean that's good. You know, I think that I think that a uh, a media fast is a good thing. I think that uh, you know a f technology fast, turning off the phone. Hey, I think it's a good thing. I. I encourage you to continue to take that road and, and report back and talk about your, your improved life. I, on the other hand, am in a position where I kind of need it. 
Um, I like I said, I could possibly do it without it, but I I do think I would actively lose out on money if I did, and so I can actually be in it and talk to people about you know different options, and you could be out of it and talk to people about how the benefits are of it, uh, because I, you know just like hearing Adam Carolla talk about it, or Adam Carolla, I keep saying that Adam Curry and then John C. Dvorak talk about it. It's uh, it's been encouraging, but I'm with Dvorak. It's like man, he is losing his mind <laughs> over there with the whole pager thing and stuff. But it, it's it's interesting, man. It's uh, I think that though I actually do think that if all the phones blew up, the world would be a better place. Like if they were just all gone all of a sudden. Uh, but in a way, it, it seems to be at least a necessary evil, evil for where I am in my life. But I'm starting to figure out how to eliminate them. I'll tell you another thing I did do with my iPhone this week. I deleted half of the apps, maybe more. Mm. I want to get all the way down to where it's just the basic, the ones it comes with, plus a podcast app, maybe one or two others. You know, we got to have Instapaper and a couple things on there. But I, I want to limit that because before, you know, I have all these apps and then who knows who's getting what and all this stuff. I limited it way, way down. And when I'm, when I come home now, I'm starting to turn it off and set it to the side and put it in a room. It doesn't follow me from room to room. I'm trying to limit it in that way. Um, I'm just trying to kind of just, you know, be more conscious of where the data is going. That's what I learned by reading these privacy policies and everything is that, you know, it's worth it for somebody somewhere, what I'm up to. And I need to really be sure that I'm, I want to be doing what I'm doing when I, when I do it, if that makes sense. You know, I'm just trying to institute the brave browser here on the, on the, on the PC, PC on the, on the, the computer here. Um, and uh, possibly do it on the mobile as well. And just, just be more cognizant of it. Just be more cognizant of what we use. And I think that's the key. You know, I, the whole having a bajillion apps on there. I mean, who knows how many times Geico, while they were using my location service, was tracking me. I mean, could they possibly see how fast I was going because they knew where I was? I mean, those are interesting, interesting questions that you open yourself up to. So pared down less and less. Uh, thanks for letting me ramble. I do have, uh, if we don't have anything else to wrap on, do you have anything else you want to cover? Oh, I just ran into this, uh, Laura, Ing uh, Laura Ingram tweet. Okay. She says, uh, interesting that most Syrian Christians are overwhelmingly against more U S airstrikes in their country and believe they'll prolong this hor horrific civil war, which kind of seems obvious but uh hey we wiped out some of the oldest christian civilizations in iraq we wiped out a bunch of them in libya and now the plan is to do it in syria you know this america the christian nation i i uh intended to put it in our folder but i didn't but i had a story that where they apparently there's a group that specifically like studies weapons and where they came from in war zones and uh everything comes from here they well, um, that was kind of the headline was that ISIS had way more weapons, you know, of U.S. origin than could be accounted for, um, simply by like battlefield capture. Um, but overall, about ninety percent of their weapons came from China, Russia, or were Chinese-made, Russian-made, and some other countries, but still quite a few from, uh, the U S and Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, not, not surprising at all. Is it one, uh, 
<laughs> one final Babylon B headline. I'm going by memory, but uh, Saudi Arabian uh, King Pinky promises that the weapons he's buying will only be used for good. <laughs> <laughs> so did you catch the story? We we're back to the Facebook. I should have played this earlier, but you know, it's a good thing to wrap on. Did you catch the story about the uh, internal talks between Facebook and, and Zuck did get grilled on that as well? Uh, kind of the, hey, you know, basically somebody could use our tools to uh, communicate uh, hate speech to another person or even to plan a terrorist attack. You know, I, I'm happy with that. I'm comfortable with that. You know, and then a bunch of, uh, it wasn't Zuck that said that, but it was some employee right. within, this, within, the, within the organization. Then a bunch of people, you know, they had some sort of a discourse, which to be honest, the fact that anybody even said it, gives me some hope <laughs> i didn't even yeah. think that they would even you know think this deeply about it um and there was a big controversy and then i guess it came out this last week that a bunch of the uh, uh facebook employees had deleted internal messages between the messages app between employees especially those coming from mark zuckerberg so apparently a little little cleanup crew went through and cleaned up the messages. And before, mm. I, before I get off that topic, the messages feature, if you remember his interview this last week where he talked about what was going on in Myanmar, uh, Myanmar or Myanmar, right. uh, yep. he actually admits in that that as stuff starts to progress in Myanmar, uh, then uh, they stepped up and started to limit messages going back and forth between... So they were and they were not only monitoring the private messages, they intervened live. and stopped them live, yeah. real time. <laughs> they didn't go yeah real time. They didn't go back and realize these messages are bad. They were intercepting messages real time. So obviously in Myanmar, I can actually see if we live in this world of whatever utopianism that it exists inside the Facebook social network that doing that would be a good thing i can actually see that okay we intercept this 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 call to take this you know imam out and, and kill him or to take this uh you know rebel leader out and, and kill him we've got to intercept these messages but what he you know as he's professing this 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 religion if you will uh he lets it slide that he could they, they basically can read messages real time and can decide whether or not it should make its way through um so that presents a lot of Facebook employees with a kind of a struggle, especially with what's been happening over this last week. Uh, here I actually have a video that kind of talks about how some of these Facebook employees are, are feeling. Uh, and this is from, uh, of course, America's Best News Network. Which is? The Onion. Oh, okay. I've worked for Facebook for years, but lately, things have been pretty rough. I struggle to understand the company's behavior every day. The scandals just keep coming. We're still learning about the impact Facebook had on the 2016 election. It doesn't look good. Are we continuing to cause irrevocable damage to civilized discourse? Is Facebook truly the downfall of society? Sometimes, my mind starts to spiral like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? But then... Cater lunch from a Michelin star restaurant shows up, and frankly, I can't imagine working anywhere else. I'll never forget when the Cambridge Analytica story broke. I was actually working remotely from Bali. Every data breach weighs on me. Sometimes I just have to walk away. 
I'll throw on the latest Oculus, float around in zero gravity, and completely forget about the security of third-party apps for a couple hours. But as soon as I take that sick VR headset off, it's back to defending our opaque privacy policies. It's been forever since I was actually able to relax during my Friday afternoon deep tissue massage. Facebook actually covered the cost of freezing my eggs. How generous is that? And when or if I do eventually concede, I'll have 17 weeks of paid maternity leave. I'm not saying bringing new life into the world warrants giving a global platform to insane conspiracy theorists like Hillary Clinton running a child sex ring, which led a man to drive across the country and fire a semi-automatic rifle inside a pizzeria. But I probably really do want to be a mom one day. We all know that Facebook played a key role in putting Donald Trump into office. And we allowed flagrant disinformation to spread quickly and unchecked. We let private data get into the wrong hands and be used against us. Oh, I just bought a boat. We all feel terrible. But <laughs> at this point, it would be stupid to walk away from a cushy gig with outrageously good benefits. If the country is in shambles, what can we do besides enjoy the perks while they last? There you go. Oh, yeah, because Facebook really won the election for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and and Facebook is really the source of the uh, Pizzagate scandal, too. Don't forget yeah, that one. Yeah. Please. So, um, is that about it, buddy? I think we covered we covered a lot. We did well enough. I'm, I'm trying to get up at 5.45 a.m. these days, so... Well, then, without any further ado, can you give us some words of wisdom so we can get out of here? Uh, and, and do we need donations to, to, to fund your your uh, pager purchase from Amazon? If you, want, oh. if you want one, I think the show should figure out a way to get you one. I don't know, I don't know if want one is the right <laughs> term. <laughs> We should get ham radio licenses, man. We should start talking. No. No. <laughs> I don't so, talk on the phone to people I know. Why would I talk over ham radio? Why would I make a more difficult calling process than talk to people I don't even know? <laughs> ham radio, guys. We're the ones that are going to save the world. Yeah, if it's if it gets to that point, we're take my chances some some way else <laughs> some other way well let's do some sports talk then how'd you uh I, I know you predicted Bubba would take it but we had a a little known man take the uh masters yeah uh no no Bubba and um it was it was a great masters though I mean the way Spieth played in the final round, I I was telling my wife with two holes left, I'm like, if he birdies one of these last two, he's going to win, and it will go down as the greatest round of golf ever. Yeah, I, I love Jordan Spieth, man. That's Cause, my, that's cause my he, guy. He would have shot 62, which would have been the lowest round in the major, and he would have done it to come back and win at the <laughs> the final round of the Masters. I mean, there's no, there's no bit higher. It's never, never been done. So that was disappointing for that not to happen. Uh, apparently, everyone hates Patrick Reed, uh, but the only like reasons for it is uh, he's kind of an arrogant jerk, and he 
may have may have cheated in uh, a college golf tryout. And he may have stolen some money from a college golf teammate. <laughs> okay. And then he's uh, he's estranged from his parents. Um, but that was because he they basically didn't want him getting married. Um, so he got married anyway and still married. I don't, you know, good for him on that front, but, um, so I don't know. It's like, well, yes, those aren't great things, but I don't know that they should follow you for the rest of your life. I I guess that's, that's what, uh, like, that's what gets you at the level of a golf villain, you know, (laughs) football players, they can, yeah, Ray Lewis might have been an accomplice to murder. <laughs> Didn't really get proved. He's emotional leader and like the one of the most visible, uh, cr- you know, Christian voices in pro football. Golf, though, it's like ah, oh, you you might have done a couple things, and you don't get along with your parents, so everyone hates you. At the end. <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody! Everybody has to have a villain. So. Um... I was a little frustrated at work. I, I, I turned the Masters on, and every time I came back to the television, someone would put it on Animal Planet. I think someone was literally upset that we would possibly watch golf. So what? I, yeah, it was it was tough, man. It was tough. I soldiered on though. I streamed it from my desk like any good employee would. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was. No, I was. I like Spieth, man. I don't know what. I, I just like the, the first time he hit the tour, and he was what nineteen or something like this. And cool as a cucumber, and just out there yeah. tearing it up. I always thought, wow, that is a, it's a, a heck of a heck of an athlete there. He he is. Uh, they dropped a little anecdote in there, like, oh, he started playing when he was eight at such and such country club, and when he was twelve, he shot a. And I'm thinking, 80. what's in the, I'm thinking sixty six, sixty seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be impressive. Sixty two. Jeez. 12 years old after playing for four years. <laughs> so, uh, there's probably people trying to make a living in professional golf that have never shot a, a 62. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, how young do I start him? How young do I get young Kilkenny a, a set of clubs? <laughs> Uh, right, right now we're we're working on not hitting our head on things. <laughs> so, well, I think you know, it's too I, soon you, now. No, just start out with the the plastic, plastic club, plastic ball, okay. or Nerf Nerf ball. Okay. And uh, <laughs> let them whack that around the house and the yard or wherever, and go from there. Go from there. All right. Right now, the kid has, I think two or three bruises on his face before i had a boy i thought you know if a child has two or three bruises on their face you know you should question the parents maybe the child's been (laughs) abused uh after seeing my son in action i think two or three bruises is not that big a deal (laughs) we're lucky we don't have major scars at this point he is uh he's a handful Um, when my my daughter decided to run through the living room and crash headfirst into the corner of the coffee table the uh the nurse asked her what happened and the she told her and the nurse said well sometimes these things happen so then when she got into the 
the doctor, she calmed down by that point, and the doctor said, oh, what happened? And she said, oh, sometimes these things happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bright child you have there. I think she was two at that point. If you, two or three. If you have any words of wisdom for us, that would be great. If not, I have a, uh, a backup plan. Take it. In, Take in, the backup plan. Okay, well, the backup plan still is primarily you talking. So, uh, since we're talking about your children's, I would love for you to regale us with the story of how you hurt, I believe it was your shoulder, uh, last winter. I don't even... What? You, you may or may not have been coming down the stairs with child in hand. Yes. I don't remember the story. You don't remember the story? Maybe two winters ago. Two winters ago? Is that when it was? It had to have been because we don't we don't have stairs at our current abode. Okay. But yeah, you But told I don't me. remember the story. You told me that you were coming down the stairs. I think one of your daughters was sick and you had one of your daughters, I don't remember which, in your arms as you're coming down the stairs and lost your footing. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. you don't remember it because I remember it's the no, picture. No, I do of... remember it now. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell everybody. I did manage to, you know. You did what every father ever would have done in that situation, and yeah. I just find it to be hilarious. The, the 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 mental picture of it. So if you could just regale us with some details. Yeah, the it caught her. She didn't hit the floor. It was just a a matter of me crashing down the stairs. <laughs> but I, what what happened? I missed a stair. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know you. You think you're to the landing and you're not, so you step down further out and then you're going, you know, you hit the edge of the stair and I just wham, I, so. I know the feeling after having you know, to carry my son around or whatever, I've you know, I've gone down, you know, man down. But of course you cradle the, the child in a way that they're never injured, but you definitely sacrificed your own body in some awkward ways uh, to make sure that that happens. Anyway, uh, the story- my, my my second daughter uh Yes, you you do that even though they uh, frequently attempt to scratch your face off. <laughs> so she she'll she'll take her index finger and just gently, like, point you know, touch my nose or cheek or whatever. Right. Put her hand down, and then all five fingers fingernails scratch across my face like oh. as hard as she can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just when you least expect it. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast. Hey, you, you watching Mariners games again? Are they still going to be atrocious? Yeah. No, mediocre. They're not atrocious. 
they're just perpetually mediocre. I mean, mediocre, I think, is a nice way of putting it. So, so far, they've, they've had their starting catcher injure himself swinging a bat in batting practice. They've had <laughs> Nelson Cruz injure himself going down a flight of stairs to the locker room. And they've had uh, their first baseman injure himself doing plyometric, a plyometric workout after a game managed to roll his ankle. So that's that's where they're at so far. So the Mariners are at fi- are in their final form already. They've reached yeah. they've reached mid season form at the beginning. 